Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on the home of the Afropolitan. Right, we're going to start off first and we're looking with, you know, with the spread of the coronavirus through our country, many South Africans have dusted off the insurance policies to check what cover they have in place. And this in turn has given rise to multiple questions regarding COVID-19 claims. Will insurers pay out for death claims as a result of COVID-19? Let's have a look at insurance in the context of coronavirus. My guest this evening is Gareth Collier and he is a director at Crew Invest. It's an independent niche financial planning practice based in Cape Town. Garrett, thank you very much for your time this evening. Good evening, Mr. Dimitri. Nice to be here. I think maybe what we should do is first uh, define life insurance. Well, life insurance, uh, quite simply, is a lump sum of cash which is going to pay out to an insured person, either their estate uh, or their beneficiaries that they nominate on a policy uh, in the event that they, they pass away. Okay, and then what is the difference with between life insurance and assurance? Assurance. Uh, in terms of the, the, the uh, what are the assurance you sort of referring to? Sorry. So, how do you is there a difference between life insurance and assurance? I thought I scared you away and you just like disappeared. Talking to a blank line there for a second. Okay, so. You know, there's obviously a confusion around life insurance and life assurance. Is there a difference? We're trying to explain to Afropolitans. Is there a difference so that you know what it is that you're taking out? No, look, at the end of the day, when, you, when you're taking out a life policy, it's effectively a life insurance policy um, that, the, as I said before, is, is there to pay out mm-hmm. a defined lump sum of cash um, should, you, should you pass on. Okay, so have there been any changes? As I was just explaining, you know, declaration is so important in um, when you have policies, right? So when you have these policies, I mean, what are the changes now uh, that we have COVID-19? We're hearing about people dying all the time. I mean, if they had policies, are they paying out? Uh, yes, they are. I mean, the COVID-19 or coronavirus is, is not any type of a, uh exception to the rule when it comes to life insurance. Uh, so that's definitely an event. If, if somebody had to pass away due to the coronavirus itself or uh, complications due to contracting a COVID-19 infection, uh, a life insurance policy would be claimable. Okay. What, so in a case like this, um, the reason I'm asking is because I know of somebody that passed away, but their death certificate is just saying um, they died of natural causes. But we are not too sure whether they've actually done a check. Is there a way to check? Um, um, is that something that a policy would ask for? Um, did this patient <laughs> die from that? Well, remember, any any life insurance claim is going to ask for the death certificate um, and uh, there is going to be a claims procedure. Um, Certainly the interactions we've had with all the insurers, all of them have explicitly come out and said that a COVID-19 or coronavirus infection is not an exemption to to any kind of a claim. Is not an exemption? Correct, yes. I.e., they will they will pay out a life insurance claim uh, whether you know you had a COVID nineteen mm-hmm. infection or not. How has this changed the industry going forward? I mean, you know, obviously the writing of these policies would would change. I would assume. 
Well, correct. I mean, now that we've we've got COVID nineteen or the coronavirus, you know, it's just uh, very much like when when bird food came around or SARS came around mm-hmm. about twenty years ago. It's just something else that insurers will need to be aware of when underwriting these policies. So assessing uh, those parties who wish to be insured, um, if if they are likely to to contract this virus, how likely they are. That ultimately is going to affect the premium that they pay for the insurance. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not going to necessarily um, exempt them from being able to be covered. Um, you know, as things stand right now, uh, the COVID-19 um, virus is still very, very new, so we're all still learning a lot about it as we go along. Um, so, you know, un- unlike other um, diseases that people might have had in the past, uh, as things stand, we're not too sure whether it's going to be specifically exempted from a policy or not. I think these policies, I mean, insurance overall, short-term and long-term insurance, I think they've just, you know, they've they, a new importance has come to them ever since we've had COVID-19. A lot of people realizing that, you know, yes, this is a grudge purchase, but we should have had it or we should have it. Are, I mean, what is the trend overall? You may not be able to answer for the whole industry, but in your practice itself, I mean, what is the feedback that you're getting? Are people um, saying, let me relook at my policy, let me see if I I'm properly covered. Um, what should I? What additional cover should I be taking to make sure that I am secure going forward? Yeah, I think something like a COVID nineteen shouldn't fundamentally change the reason that you take out insurance. Um, at the end of the day, we, we face risk every day. Um, certainly, within our practice, like you said, a lot, a lot of people have inquired just to mm. just to have that peace of mind that they would be covered. Um, but you know, the, the reality is, whether this thing is raising the risk um, that we might pass away or um, contract one of these diseases, it's, it's all relative to, to each one's personal circumstances. Um, you know, for those who are in essential services and on the front lines, yes, certainly it does raise the risk. Um, but those who are maybe not in essential services who have been sort of part of the lockdown and, and had to stay home, um, it's all relative. You know, they've got to sort of take the, the reasonable steps to make sure they're protecting themselves. Um, but it's been an opportunity to, to engage with clients uh, and have people ask the right questions. Like you mentioned previously, you know, am I, am I uh, effectively covered? Um, do I have the right amount of cover in place? Because uh, mm-hmm. remember, we can be both, you know, we can be underinsured, but we can also be overinsured. Um, we've got to focus. The reason we take out insurance is, is to protect us from a financial loss. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it, it's not really there um, to make sure that we are, you know, unless it's, it, it's something we'd like to do, but leave an excessive amount of inheritance behind. Um, you know, ultimately, insurance does cost us on a month to month basis. And if we're spending money on additional cover that we possibly don't need, there are other things we could be doing with, you know, with those premiums on a month to month basis. So we know that, you know, everyone seems to be covered um, under these policies. Obviously, uh, the policies that you're looking at, everyone is covered for COVID-19. But looking at, you know, raising awareness about the importance of having some sort of insurance to cover you, to cover your family um, in case something happens. I mean, has that raised that level of awareness, even if you're not covering for COVID-19, any sort of illnesses going forward? is Has that raised the level of awareness? I mean, has COVID-19 raised that level of awareness? awareness of people taking out policies and making sure that they have the correct cover or the, uh, you know, the sufficient cover? 
Well, I, I, I certainly think it's, it's increased the rate of the, the questioning, you know, and, and a lot of the time it's, it's about having a good uh, conversation around what, what it is that you need to have in place. Um, I certainly think people are more aware. Uh, we, we like other publications, and I, I have noticed uh, I tend to get a lot of emails from the general public recently asking questions around whether, uh, you know, in this X, Y, and Z scenario, they would be covered or what do I think. So I, I've certainly seen an increase in, in general inquiries, um, and it's been great. You know, I think part of the, the duty of financial services to make sure that uh, the general public understands, um, you know, how to look after their finances. So, you know, look at it as you will in terms of seeing a silver lining in the, in the situation. Um, but we've certainly noticed an increase in the inquiries and the mm. conversations we're having with, with clients and, and friends and family and, you know, just, just other general people that are getting in touch. Gareth, uh, take us through some quick tips on how a person would actually assess um, or figure out what it is that they need. Myself, for example, I'm a freelancer. I don't have a permanent job anywhere. So I usually take out things, you know, like an income protector in case I lose my salary for a couple of months. But, you know, it, it gets defined further and further and further as you understand your needs. So give us some quick tips for people to actually look at, to start looking at if they don't have any policy or they feel like they don't have enough cover. What are some of the things that they can look at to start getting sufficiently covered? Well, I, I think if you if you start with specifically the life insurance, you know, there you've got to look at your household. So whether that's you as a single person or maybe you as a part of a, a family, uh, maybe you've got uh, you, you bring a certain income to the house. So uh, what would the household, what would the position be financially if you weren't there anymore? Um, you know, so things like, well, maybe you could look at covering your debt. Maybe you've got a home loan. Uh, maybe you've got some some other accounts that you've that you've got outstanding, which are all financed through your income on a month-to-month basis. Obviously, the big one being if you've got any children, making sure that you know sufficient funding is left behind to, to educate them and to sort of keep a roof over their head and food on the table. Um, the other, the other big one is obviously disability. You know, we, we, we speak a, a heck of a lot around life insurance, but people often forget that disability is probably uh, even more onerous. You know, if you are still here but unable to, to generate an income anymore and you're unable to work, um, like you mentioned earlier, something like a, a, an income protection policy uh, would probably be the first thing that you should look at uh, mm-hmm. putting in place. You know, the, the reality is if, you, if you're working for an income, uh, the vast majority of, doing, of us are doing that because we need that income to survive on a month-to-month basis. So we need to make sure that if we are left <clears throat> disabled due to maybe an illness or an injury, um, that we do have some sort of an income that's, that's, that's going to be paid to us on a month-to-month basis um, by an insurance company so that we can, that we can look after ourselves. Hi. Um, yeah, okay, continue. Oh, I was going to say, you know, to, to supplement mm. that, you can also have um, something called lump sum or capital disability cover. Um, the slight difference there is that instead of getting a monthly amount, you could get a lump sum, you know. So if you were in a position where you could no longer work but you, you, you and you got your monthly income, you know, more often than not, a person with a, some sort of a disability may have special needs now, maybe physical rehabilitation, maybe specialized medication, specialized care, you know, it, it, it's, it's certainly going to be a different way of living. Um, and 
over and above that, if you had a lump sum of cash that was paid to you, you could go and settle some of those big debts I mentioned to you earlier. You know, that's that's the type of thing that could be taken off your, your monthly spend. So all of a sudden now you free up a bit of cash uh, to be able to take care of those those special needs. That's it. You know, I, I wanted to ask how important is it to do the calculations and ask the relevant questions or ask as many questions as possible. For instance, you know, if you take out a life policy and, uh, you know, maybe you have a will and you've left your house to your children. Now, these are two children still in school. You still need to calculate, um, you know, the life policy may pay out pay out for the house and the house will be freehold but what happens to the maintenance of this house while these children are still living there and going to school I mean you know are people asking those kind of questions and are advisors advising sufficiently to make sure that everything is covered because it's no point it's like giving a person a piece of land and not giving them any resources well, exactly. I mean, that, that's part of sort of a very dynamic conversation we need to have with clients. You know, when we're talking about, say, life insurance, unlike car insurance, car insurance is very simple. You know, mm. you, you have a car, it's got a book, it's got a book value. It's, it's, it's very clear, clear and uh, concise what that car needs to be insured for. But like what you say, you know, we've, we, we often talk about running the scenarios with clients. So we could look at saying, right, if you are, you are no longer here, what are those maintenance costs going to be? Is it going to just be education? Is your, is your spouse going to be able to cover how, you know, what sort of income are they going to need? Um, then you've also got to remember the fact that they could possibly quite, you know, need additional support. You know, you, 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 we sometimes take for granted how much as a, as a, as a spouse, spouse unit and we support one another in, in looking after the kids. Now, if you're down to a single parent um, household, you know, you, you may need an au pair or somebody to look after and fetch and carry children. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe other family members are not available to assist you with that. Maybe they, they live elsewhere in the country and you, you're living somewhere else. Um, you know, we've also got to then have that, that conversation with, with parents, you know, when we, when we plan for couples together and look at the situation where what if what if, you know, heaven forbid both of you had to pass away? Um, you know, who, who then becomes the guardians of the children and, you know, how much of those expenses would they be kind of willing to take on themselves? Um, what would you expect them to take on? Have you had that conversation with them? So it's, it's very unique to each person. Um, that's why the, the planning aspect is, is so important. You know, at the end of the day, we, we need to understand all of those scenarios because mm. then we can go down and, and, and do those sort of, those calculations, but, but that's probably the easier part of it. But the harder part is trying to actually um, outline what all of those requirements are going to be in, in each scenario. And also understanding that, you know, we, we need to be realistic and realize that we, we can't plan for absolutely every scenario. Otherwise, we would probably have an insurance premium, which would make our eyes water, um, but, but certainly within reason. Somebody once told me because I was busy doing my will and I made certain specifications and they said, no, it's not possible. You can't rule from the grave. I was so offended. Um, but, you know, after, you know, after calming down and, and thinking about it, I mean, there's only so much that you can plan for. But I think the important thing is actually planning. And this takes a lot of time trying to understand what kind of insurance and whether it's sufficient and whether it's going to cover everything. Um, uh, you know, it takes up it takes a bit of time for you to understand that and unpack that with your advisor before you actually take out that policy. 
correct. And I think that that's one of the important roles of the advisor is that we, uh, we maybe as the, as the clients, you know, the user, the person yourself looking at taking out a policy or drawing up a will, have a certain idea of how we would like things to play out. Mm. But, you know, the, where your advisor can step in is, is to share those ideas with them because remember they're dealing with multiple clients, uh, families from all walks of life and, and, and we see how these, how these sort of requests play out. Um, we get to see firsthand, you know, what works well, what, what's going to cause problems. Maybe we can use experiences from other clients to give advice mm-hmm. to other people so that they don't repeat certain mistakes. So that's why we encourage people, you know, we're there to, to not just crunch the numbers as such, you know, we're yeah. really there to kind of understand w- what it is that's important to you and what should happen, you know, to those loved ones if you're not here with anymore. Um, and from there, we can give you the advice. You know, at the end of the day, the, the life insurance policy is, is just there to, to, to back it up. You know, and it's just, I think we have a responsibility to ask many questions and make sure that we are sufficiently covered, even if the advisor is not giving us everything. Because, I mean, you know, even when you look at serious illness, I mean, if you, somebody asks you, are you covered for cancer? And you say, yes, you're covered. But there's like so many different, there's like about 50 or 60 different cancers that you can get. Are you covered for every one of them? So, you know, it's really, it's a responsibility as well of the client to ask sufficient questions and make sure that they are um, getting the cover that they need or the cover that they want. Yes, no, absolutely. Mm. I think we, we need to make sure that we, we're having that, that conversation. Um, I think too often it gets hung up on the fact that we need to have X amount of cover and we need to mm. um, spend, you know, this amount of premium. Where that, that should be the very last five minutes to understand what it is that you need. Um, we need to have those conversations. That's where we need to spend the bulk of the time. Um, people need to, to understand, the advisor needs to understand what's yeah. important um, to a client, uh, what what keeps them up at night, what are their concerns, what's going to help them sleep better at night. Um, and, you know, from there, we can also add our advice, add our experience to that, and then sort of collectively come up with that, with that end solution. Gareth, thank you so much for your time this evening. That was Gareth Collier, and he's a director at Crew Invest. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Rewinding, Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.